Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2008. This is Rita talking about Step 9. My name's Rita and I'm an alcoholic. And I'm sober today because of the 12 steps hanging on the wall and because of a power um, greater than myself whom I choose to call God. It's really lovely to have this opportunity um, to share and to be here amongst people who committed to this 12-step program. Um, you know, when I think about it, it's, it's the most amazing, powerful expression of God's power, you know, this, these 12 steps. Um, and I feel incredibly grateful to have them in my life and to be part of a, a fellowship of um, amazing people, you know. As an alcoholic, I was very, very isolated and very alone. And, um, you know, step nine, I guess, is uh, one of those steps that have helped me become part of the human race again, you know, allowed me to reconnect with other human beings instead of being absolutely terrified of them. Um, I am very much that alcoholic tornado that was read out at the beginning of... Um, of this meeting. You know, when I read that in the big book the first time, I thought, oh my God, that's me, you know. Roaring my, my, you know, roaring through the lives of other people, totally oblivious to the effect I was having, totally into drama and emotional uh, upheaval, you know. Um, driven by out-of-control instincts, you know, driven by fear, driven by this desperation, this need to um, to get something, to feel safe, to feel okay, you know. My alcoholism drove me. And I was the one that thought I knew where I was going. I thought I knew what I needed. And as a result... Um, stomped on people's toes, exploited people, used people, um, hurt people and lied to people and, you know, I was just a crazy, sick alcoholic. Um, when I was first asked or told that this was the step I was going to do, I thought, oh no, <laughs> not step nine. And I, I wasn't sure exactly why I had that reaction until I realised that I think it's one of those steps that I did really badly. Um, I made every mistake in the book doing this step um, because, and I look back and I, I've been reflecting a little on, um, on my amends in the last weeks and I'm just amazed. I can see how crazy I still was even in my recovery. I was still crazy. Um, I, I, the steps have been an important part of my recovery. From the very first sponsor that I had, um, who she said to me, you know, I can only give you what I've been given, and what I've been given is this program, 12-step program, and that's how we work together. And I accepted that. I desperately needed something in my life to guide me and to show me how to be able to cope in this world without alcohol. Um, but step nine was difficult. Um, I had so much denial about what I had done. 
even though I'd done a thorough fourth and fifth to the best of my ability at the time, there was so much of myself that I could, still could not see. So step eight was a really important part of the process for me where I became willing and, and I actually began to see the truth of how I had truly harmed people. I knew I'd hurt people, but there was still this justification in me, this sort of sense of, well, I'm not that bad, you know. Maybe it was their fault or maybe it wasn't as, as bad a harm as I thought or maybe I wasn't as selfish... You know, I, I still had this justification in me. So the process of, of prayer that, in terms of making amends was um, really important because something changed inside me, something changed in my heart that brought me to a point where I could truly see what I had done to another human being and where it had come from. And I was then able to... To deep with with deep love, be able to want to make amends and to be able to reach out, but that sort of came later. <laughs> Some of my first amends were a bit of a nightmare. Um, I'd made my list. I'd spoken with my sponsor. We'd gone through which amends I needed to do and how perhaps how to do them, because I wasn't always sure the best way to to make the amends and who who I might harm in the process and who I wasn't who I mightn't. But one of the people I needed to make amends to was my mother, obviously. So I rang her up. I wasn't living close by uh, at the time, but I rang her up and I spoke to her on the phone and I said, you know, Mum, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm an alcoholic and, um, you know, for, for all the crazy behaviour, for everything I put you through, etc. Et she turned around and she said, yeah, well, that's fine, but now you should stop smoking. You know, <laughs> And <laughs> you're an intelligent blah, 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 you know, nag, nag, nag. And, you know, I remembered in the book it said we don't retaliate. We don't start telling them what their faults are. And so I had to just sit there, yes, mum, yes, mum, yes, mum. Um, but see, with, you know, to me that wasn't the end of the amends for my mother or for my family at all. You know, as it says in the book, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead and I had to be different. You know, for me to be different um, with my family, to stop just taking and arguing and blaming them. You know, I, I had to be different. And so the amends, the, the amends there were in my actions in an ongoing way. Um, but there were others. There was one of my bosses... Um, who had played a significant part in my, develop, my career development. I'd, I'd been involved with that organisation for a, a while. And this was right at the end of my drinking, and I was insane. Um, I was full of fear. I was... Uh, I thought I knew... You know, I, I made... I did all kinds of things in that job. Um, some parts of it I did well, other parts I, I wasn't coping. I was leaving work early. I was... Uh, mentally not present, um, I didn't give the full, you know, I, I didn't earn my money, basically. Uh, but also there were other things, you know, where I caused a lot of drama and fight, fighting, um, political fighting in the, in the workplace. Anyway, um, I was living in Hillsville at the time and um, when I... 
as, as has happened a number of times in my amends, I found out that my ex-employer was going to be at a certain place. Uh, it's complicated how I knew that and how and why she was going to be there, but um, I knew she was going to be there. And it was actually a fundraiser or something, and it was a social evening. And I thought, okay, I can make amends. I can I can make amends. And um, I was still nuts, you know. I was still. Um, a drama queen. I was still emotionally incredibly um, immature, um, and the way I made the amends was, I um, she walked in the door to this event, and I went racing up to her. I started babbling on about I'm an alcoholic and blah blah blah, and I, I've done this and I owe you amends, and um, and she was just sort of you know taken aback and. Um, she said, well, look, why don't you come and visit me, you know, at my place and we can talk about it and stuff. And, and, you know, I was just, I, I wasn't coherent. I did, I was driven by ego and showing off. And, um, and my parting words to her, I really feel like I, um, what was the word? It's gone now. Anyway, it was... You know, it was just this sort of dramatic emotional statement that left was left hanging in the air um, about how I had um, the word's gone. Sorry. Anyway, um, and that was the end of it. And what I should have done was actually make a time and go and visit her and follow up and and share more honestly about what where I was at fault and what had happened. But that was me, the drama queen, and that was me, you know, where my amends were about how important and interesting I was, not about a genuine desire to, uh, you know, make amends for the past. So... Um, I, I haven't yet contacted her again you know, and I feel like I've got amends to make for making amends, um, which is... <laughs> but not all of them were quite so disastrous. Um, I think w where, I, um, where I was at fault there was I, I should have spoken with my sponsor in more detail about that. I should have prepared myself better. Um, you know, and often I did speak to my sponsor about the amends in terms of, well, to, che to check out with somebody else that what I, the way I was going to do it and what I was going to do wasn't going to cause more harm or that I was coming from the right motivation, the right space internally. Other amends that I've made, um, you know, where I have admitted my fault to a friend of who had been a friend of long, long standing and um, through my fear, through my... Uh, people pleasing through all kinds of things we had had a falling out and I made amends to her directly I said you know my part I, I said I was willing to um, you know try to make it better and and that friendship was rebuilt you know and that was one of those blessings that occurred as a result where she's still my friend today um, even though she lives overseas now 
but that was a healing process. But then I've had other amends where people have accepted the amends and I've wanted to maintain a friendship but they're not interested and I felt a bit hurt, you know. Um, but, you know, that that's just how it was. Um, the Where relationships were concerned in terms of personal or deeper intimate relationships, if you could call them intimate, and there weren't many, there wasn't much intimacy in my drinking, I tell you that, but um, I harmed a lot of people. I was very driven um, and out of control in that area. And I remember one amends I had to make um, to an ex-partner and I was able to say, you know, explain that I was an alcoholic, part of that um, my behaviour was a result of my own, you know, selfishness, um, inconsiderateness, etc. And part of the amends, in actual fact, was a funny thing because this, this man had uh, remarried and I know that I had been involved with him inappropriately at times when he was still involved with, when he was developing this relationship with his future wife. I was oblivious to it at the time because of my drinking, of course. It was all about me. But um, as part of my amends, I realised that I needed to stay out of his life, uh, even though he, you know, was that sort of friendly person that sort of wanted to maintain some kind of connection. It had been quite a number of years, a few years had, had passed since this, you know, I had been involved with him, but um, my amends was to stay out of his life because he was now married to somebody else. And um, and that was how I believed, that was what I believed was the right thing to do. Um, interestingly enough, I, for me, the the amends steps. Some some amends have taken a long, long time to uh, to do because of people not being able to contact people. Um, and and that magical thing that happens when out of the blue, walking down the street, there is somebody from your past um, that that I have needed to make make amends. That's happened to me a couple of times. Totally out of the blue, hadn't seen the person for a long, long time, and there was the opportunity. And you know, it's just a, it's a magic process that occurs, and uh, I was able to um, to make my amends. I remember one particular, another ex-partner. I, I saw. I was driving down the street, and he would. I can't remember. We saw each other coming down the street, and uh, I made amends to him, and found out, um, you know, a year later that he had died of cancer. So, you know, that was a. It was a sad thing, of course, for him and his family, but. Um, I was grateful that I'd had that opportunity. Um, it says in the book, in, in the big book, that um, the the promises come into our lives while we do the, you know, halfway through doing these steps, we're going to realise all these things occurring in our life. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, did, do I remember the promises actually beginning to happen for me back then? I'm thinking, God, I still had a lot of fear. Um, I was still terrified of people and social events. 
um, are still full of self-pity. Okay, I, you know, I, I could be of use sometimes, even though it's all sort of ego-driven. So I wasn't quite sure when the when the promises began to work for me, but they must have begun to work to some degree um, back then in my early recovery. But today, I know without a doubt that the, that the promises are have transformed my life. Well, the promises have come true. My life has has been transformed. Um, you know, that never in my life have I felt the peace that I feel today, you know. When I first... When I first started making amends, one thing I do recall, I began to feel less frightened of walking down the street in case, you know, carrying... When I was carrying all that guilt and shame and trying to hide from people because I was so ashamed of what I'd done, um, it's a, it's, it really cut me off from being free. Um, and I, I do recall that I began to feel a lot lighter as a result of making amends where I was, able, I was freer to uh, be part of the world. Today that has come true for me to an immense extent, um, that, that freedom. Um, I never thought I would be unselfish enough to think about someone else and, and what's good for them um, because I was so full of I need and I want and what about me, you know. And today that has happened um, to some extent, you know. I just want to say one quick thing. I've got just a couple of minutes left, but it, it always seems to come up this question about whether we make amends to ourselves. And I don't know if the book says anything about that, but my experience has been that I desperately needed to make amends to me. I had given myself such a beating and had was so full of self-loathing Deep down, I believe that I was not a good person. It comes, you know, from from the past. You know, obviously it was something I learnt very young, but I carried that with me. You know, on a very, very deep level. Even though I knew God loved me, I could not truly believe that I was lovable and that I was good. Good. You know. The opposite being bad. And. I have, I can say now um, that I have been able to make true amends to myself through forgiveness of myself. And for me that is important because I know I have not been able to truly forgive and accept others un until I've been able to truly forgive myself. And in that forgiveness, what I've actually seen is that I have always been a child of God, always, even through my alcoholism. The true being in me is always pure and innocent, as it is with every other human being. So there, in actual fact, is nothing to forgive, I believe. It doesn't say that in the book, but I believe that. That we are all God's children, pure and innocent and made in God's likeness, whatever that means. 
And that's what I believe today. And that's how I have been able to truly forgive myself and from that be able to see the, the true spirit in all of us. And thank you very much for this opportunity. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.